Hey, we made it to episode four of the Omafra field crop update. Hey, we've lasted longer than the short-lived 1975 sitcom called Adams of Eagle Lake, starring Andy Griffith, who played the sheriff in a small town. A real stretch from his previous television show, Andy of Mayberry, where he plays a sheriff in a small town. So that's the Omafra field crop update. It's their new slogan. It's, hey, we're better than Adams of Eagle Lake. Let's get to some questions from you, the listener, from last week. We really appreciate that. Let's start off first with uh, a caller asking about what type of red clover is preferred for underseeding in winter wheat. So let's compare the two, single-cut clover, double-cut clover. The positives to double-cut clover is that it's more readily available. It's easier to get. It's usually cheaper. And older research indicate it it provides about 10% more nitrogen than single-cut red clover. The negatives of double-cut red clover is that it's more likely to grow tall and cause challenges at harvest, especially when wheat stands are thin, which is unlikely to be an issue this year. Uh, Last year, for example, some crop producers successfully used a herbicide called Aragon as a pre-harvest application to burn back but not kill that clover vegetation, making harvesting easier but then allowing the red clover to come back. Single-cut clover, by comparison, it's a bit harder to find or source. Uh, It might be a bit more pricey, I'm not sure on that, but it's unlikely to cause harvesting issues. It doesn't flower in its first year. Um, So if you have a thin stand of wheat, single-cut clover is nicer because it doesn't doesn't, you know, grow tall and be a, a hassle at harvest. Both, though, produce comparable levels of total biomass. So if we look at both the root and the shoots of both types of red clover, they're, they're pretty much uh, comparable, maybe a tip of the cap towards single-cut red clover, but the old adage of double-cut red clover producing more biomass is just not supported with comparative trial work. At the end of the day, you can't really go wrong with either But that's the breakdown of single-cut versus double-cut red clover. Second question is asked for clarity around perennial south thistle control. Is Barricade, the cereal herbicide that I spoke of last week or two weeks ago, is it better than Trophy or Refine-M? How do they all rank? And I guess I would start off by saying they're all fine on perennial south thistle on their own. Uh, Trophy and Barricade, because they have... uh, a little bit more hormone herbicide and will give you quicker visual control. With any of these products, though, timing to the rosettes is key, and that's really the big conundrum in winter wheat is it's tough to get that ideal timing. So I was talking with Darren Robinson, a professor at Ridgetown College, uh, his graduate student, Ms. Elizabeth Buck, who comes to us from Cornell University Extension, and where one of her major projects was to look at perennial south thistle control in garlic. And what she and her colleagues found consistently was that if they timed herbicide applications when perennial south thistle is in that mid-rosette stage, so that's a, to put that into perspective, that's 10 to 12 inches in diameter. So... Uh, 20 to 30 centimeters in diameter just prior to when that uh, south is a bolt. So kind of that mid to, to large rosette stage. When you time herbicide applications, then uh, the south thistle is more susceptible to those herbicide applications. And they can get longer and more meaningful control with that herbicide when applied at that stage. And 
I observed that in a field corn trial I did last year because when I sprayed even something like glyphosate to small rosettes that are three to four inches in diameter, often new shoots would come up afterwards. So in about two to three weeks, I'd see new growth coming up from the, uh, the rhizomes. But if I delayed those uh, applications to what Elizabeth talked about, 10 to 12 inch in diameter rosettes, just prior to bolting, the control was much uh, more consistently better. Of course, the challenge going back to cereals and cereal herbicides is that by the time you wait long enough for south thistle rosettes to be at that stage, all the other annual weeds, the ragweeds, all the winter annual weeds like uh, stinkweed and shepherd's purse, they've gotten quite large. And also the stage of the cereal crop is, you know, pushing flag leaf, and it's at a stage that makes the safety to herbicides a lot less. So it's one of the real reasons why many producers have opted for either pre- or post-harvest management to deal with perennial south of and wheat because simply that, that sweet spot, which we can utilize in corn and soybeans, those 10 to 12-inch diameter rosettes, are not uh, at a, a good time for cereal herbicide applications. Last uh, herbicide-related question, pretty quick one. The caller asked if Authority is better at controlling lambs quarters than Valterra. The short answer is that I have not seen anything in the public research trials where both products have been applied in the same trial together that would indicate one is better than the other. Both seem to provide very good control of common lambs quarters. I can't give the uh, tip of the cap to one over the other. All right, thank you for those. Now it's time to uh, check where that flea bane is at. And last week you'll recall that uh, we had some in that four-inch diameter range, but many in the one to two-inch diameter range. The growing point was greening up. Well, once I uh, chipped away the centimeter or half-inch, if you like, uh, that layer of freezing rain on top of the uh, flea bane today, I came to the conclusion that not much has happened to the flea bane in the last week. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm sure nothing will happen next week, but we'll uh, we'll keep you on top of that. Top of that? We'll keep you on top of that? That makes no sense. Uh, before we go into the Easter weekend, I came across a nice article on nitrogen management in wheat written two seasons ago by Peter Johnson. It's on fieldcropnews.com. I'll link to the show notes that article, but I thought it was a nice, concise overview. Here are the high points of that article uh, with respect to nitrogen rates. Um, So let's look at crop rotation. So wheat, if it's grown after peas, or if wheat is planted very early, like we saw last year, uh, with high populations or very thick stands, you should have lower nitrogen rates. So pea nitrogen releases perfectly for wheat, meaning that 60 to 90 pounds of nitrogen per acre acts a lot like 120 pounds of nitrogen per acre. So that early planted thick wheat has higher lodging potential and 120 pounds of nitrogen per acre may make it go flat. So that's why wheat peat has been leaning this year and especially towards split nitrogen applications. Most of Ontario's wheat crop is thick and lush with many tillers applying all the N at once uh, definitely increases the risk of lodging. So if, if ever there's a year or two to make split applications work, this would be the, the year. If you still want to make one pass of nitrogen, there is certainly no rush to get out there and get it done, especially given the thick uh, thickness of the crop and the stage of most fields. 
When I spoke with Peter briefly at the Grain Farmers of Ontario March Classic this week, I certainly got the sense from him that this is not the year to go high rates, all in one pass, all as early as possible, as that could be a nice little recipe for lodging hell. Uh, If we're applying fungicides at heading, like most of us are in the province, then remember, there's been tremendous synergy, and this is kind of old news from Dave Hooker and Peter Johnson, but wheat yields, you apply a fungicide at heading with 120 pounds to 150 pounds of N per acre, there's some nice yield synergy there. Uh, Once again, given how lush the wheat crop is, it may make more sense to err on the conservative side with split applications totaling 120 pounds of nitrogen per acre, but I'm sure some will push to higher rates. And if you're not in that fungicide game at all, then you stick with the 90 pounds of N per acre rate. Lastly, 10 pounds uh, per acre of sulfur has been a nice insurance policy to avoid sulfur deficiency symptoms. And that should be applied with the first pass of nitrogen if you're split applying this year. Of course, there are um, plenty of great agronomic nuggets from uh, Wheat Pete, my good friend Peter Johnson, on Wheat Pete's Word, which you can, of course, find on iTunes and on realagriculture.com. I know most of you are listening. It's a great resource. Peter is a great resource. And uh, again, I will post his article for you to peruse. So... Before we close off this week's episode, and I wish you a happy Easter going into Good Friday, I'm going to close off this week's update with an old herbicide commercial for Banbull. And since this commercial was put out by Sandoz, a company that does not exist anymore, I'm going to make fun of it and point out the errors in a segment I like to call 80s herbicide ads gone crazy. If you really hate bindweed and want to stop losing yield, start getting even this fall. With Banvel Herbicide, terminate field bindweed. If you hate Canada thistle because it costs yield, start getting even with Banvel Herbicide. Terminate Canada thistle. Start the Banvel Herbicide Terminator program this fall and get some bucks back on Banvel. I'm just going to say they aired a tad on the side of overselling. Uh, especially when it comes to field bindweed control, the Terminator program. Terminator implies that uh, we will never see any of those weeds again. And uh, last time I checked, uh, we saw plenty of field field bindweed, plenty of Canada thistle in the province, even with uh, fall applications of uh, Banville. Nonetheless, that's the role of marketing. I don't have a problem with that. I think you and I know that uh, if you're in the business of selling a product, you're going to try and entice people to buy your product. That's uh, not news here. I think my main beef with this commercial, if you could uh, see it, and I will, uh, I'll link it to the show notes, is they had uh, they had species in each kind of vignette, and when they got to the Canada thistle vignette, it was not Canada thistle, it was bull thistle. So, I don't know. Maybe you want to be accurate on that kind of stuff. If you're in the game of uh, selling a herbicide on a weed, maybe you want to get the actual weed that you're talking about right. Completely different species, yeah. Both are thistles, I granted. But uh, uh, anyway, happy Easter, everyone. Uh, hope you have a good Friday and enjoy the weekend with family and friends. Probably the last, um, maybe the last uh, weekend that you can share with family and friends before the the crunch of the planting season uh, is quickly upon us. So with that, we'll let you go. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully there'll be an episode five and we can surpass 
uh, Adams of Eagle Lake, potentially the worst uh, worst cop show ever made. <laughs>